You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, we're talking about chiropractic medicine. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is a program promoting secular humanism and scientific skepticism produced by the Winnipeg Skeptics. You can email your questions, comments, or criticisms to us at podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes, references, and relevant links can be found at lueepodcast.wordpress.com or at winnipegskeptics.com slash blog. I'm Ashlyn Noble, and I'll be your host tonight. Uh, with me today, I have Laura Creek Newman. Hi there. Jam Newman. Hello. And Lauren Bailey. Hi. Recently, my partner Dave and I responded to a Facebook ad offering a free dinner at a local hotel. The catch was you had to come listen to a presentation from a local chiropractor who promised to give us information that would change our lives. I was sold. I like free food almost as much as I like heckling people trying to take advantage of others. <laughs> Most of us have been to or know someone who's been to a chiropractor, and most of us recognize the term chiropractic at least vaguely as people who crack your back and purport to alleviate neck and spine problems. It's common to see people recommend chiropractic care after car accidents or falls on the ice. The practice of chiropractic is widespread and popular, even among people who remain uninterested or skeptical of most alternative medicines. It's one of the more difficult subjects to approach critically in venues like Facebook, because the pushback and anecdotes you'll encounter will be more vocal and numerous than most other subjects i don't know if it's different in the united states Mm -hmm. but here in canada like it is very widespread and very mainstream Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like it's actually even more popular maybe in the states like even crappy insurance you'll have some chiropractic coverage on there yeah well (laughs) insurance they have no interest in whether it works or not yeah yeah but it wouldn't be on there if lots of people didn't ask for it right yeah exactly so what is chiropractic I've grabbed two different definitions from the web. One is from the Manitoba Chiropractors Association website. A chiropractic is a healthcare discipline which emphasizes the inherent recuperative power of the body to heal itself without the use of prescription drugs or surgery. The practice of chiropractic focuses on the relationship between structure, primarily the spine, but also the extremities, and function, as coordinated by the nervous system, and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of health and healing. Wow. So that's the official definition from the chiropractors themselves. It's interesting that they mention specifically structure and function Mm -hmm. when structure and function claims are specific general medical claims that the U.S. FDA allows people to make with a lower barrier to evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So let's contrast that definition with Wikipedia's definition. Chiropractic is a form of alternative medicine concerned with the diagnosis and treatment of unverified mechanical disorders of the musculoskeletal system, especially the spine. Proponents believe that such disorders affect general health via the nervous system. The main chiropractic treatment technique involves manual therapy, especially spinal manipulation therapy, manipulations of other joints, and soft tissues. Its foundation is at odds with mainstream medicine, and chiropractic is sustained by pseudoscientific ideas such as subluxation and innate intelligence. The chiropractic article and that the related chiropractic family of articles is one that is specifically targeted by skeptics frequently, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. like the homeopathy article, to make sure that it is not just a marketing tool for quacks. Yeah. I feel like skeptics generally have a pretty good handle on that kind of thing. There's a lot of people who go to great lengths to edit articles to make mm-hmm. sure that they are very heavily sourced with accurate information. Have uh, either of you ever been to a chiropractor? Yes. I never have. 
I know you went a lot as a kid, right? Yeah, uh, I think we talked about this on our What Have You Changed Your Mind About show Mm -hmm. a few years ago. It was something that actually happened after a car accident that we had, and then we kept going for years and years and years because... That's uh, the business model. That's Mm -hmm. the business model. (laughs) And I was always afraid of having the neck cracking done, like the 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 cervical cervical manipulation, because, well, I, I think it's I had watched a lot of... 80s action movies and mm. people were always getting their necks snapped <laughs> and i was scary. just terrified yeah it's scary especially how old were you like a kid you know, i was uh, like yet? like 10 10 to 15 i think mm-hmm. yeah i think i was still going when i was like 15 16 okay but like to start off you're you're so small and somebody is trying to crack your neck mm-hmm. there definitely is like a at least from my perspective, I don't know how widespread this is, a big difference between the public perception of what chiropractic is and what the actual practice or philosophy behind chiropractic is. Mm -hmm. Because it's so mainstream, it always just seemed like, well, this is who you go to to fix your back when your back is sore, basically, right? It's like massage therapy, but with more like knuckle cracking noises. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I was reading the FAQ uh, on the Manitoba Chiropractors Association website, and they address the the cracking sounds, and, and they did say like the cracking sounds are just gases being released from between joints and yada yada. Yeah, it's just like cracking your knuckles. Yeah, I guess they were trying to alleviate some of those fears of of the cracking, so they were saying you know it'll sound louder or quieter depending how far away it is from your ear. And mm-hmm. I just I don't know it, something about it really entertained me that they had to be like <laughs> it's okay that you're making those noises. I will get more into what the actual philosophy behind chiropractic is in my my segment (laughs) and and laura will be covering some of the studies and data later but for now let's talk about one of the central ideas of chiropractic the subluxation in medicine a subluxation is generally understood to be something that has become dislocated like a finger or a shoulder that's out of joint in chiropractic a vertebral subluxation is purported to be a misalignment of the spinal column which causes symptoms of disease in the body Although Jim will talk more about different subsets of chiropractors, many still believe that subluxations cause all or most of the medical problems encountered by humans, and that fixing those subluxations can cure disease and prevent future sickness. It is possible to have a genuine subluxation of the spine, often following trauma, where parts of the vertebrae impinge upon the spinal cord and cause injury but these can be seen on x-rays and be clearly identified by medical personnel. Chiropractors also claim to use x-rays to find their subluxations, but then there are those who claim that the subluxations are actually metaphysical. Okay, then. (laughs) I had one claim that he could feel the subluxation in my spine. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, a lot of them will. And in fact, we'll talk about mixers and straights later, but (laughs) BJ Palmer was very much against uh, using any medical devices, Mm -hmm. uh, including x-rays to identify subluxations, until he wasn't. (laughs) How convenient. So back to that free dinner. Dave and I encountered some truly incredible claims, like how chiropractic care could help us avoid cancer, diabetes, and heart disease, and how chiropractic cured this particular guy of his chronic migraines. As it happens, later that same week, an article published in the CBC gave the results of an examination of chiropractic websites in the province. Over 30 of them contained unsubstantiated claims, like the ability to treat autism, infections, and Alzheimer's, as well as anti-vax literature, and material discouraging the use of diagnostic equipment like CT scans and mammograms, and one even discouraged the use of sunscreen. Back when I uh, worked on the U of M campus, I would go past every day a chiropractor that had big signs saying, cure your allergies with chiropractic. That's so baffling. Oh, at least one website also claimed that the training chiropractors get is almost identical to that of medical doctors. Oh, one of the FAQs on the website, speaking of, was 
are chiropractors doctors. Yeah. And okay. Yes, yes, they are. And the website was very clear. We get to diagnose you and call ourselves doctors just like those other doctors. They were yep. very proud of that. Yeah, doctor of chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, and I'll actually touch on that a little bit too. Oh, so am I. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so all of these culminated in a decision to thoroughly cover the practice of chiropractic on this month's show, topic I'm surprised we haven't covered yet, in any detail anyway. And uh, Jem is going to start us off with a dive into the history of this profession. Chiropractic has been around since 1895, though it almost certainly has its roots in the practice of osteopathy, a competing musculoskeletal pseudoscience founded about a decade earlier. What does chiropractic mean? Chiropractic comes from the Greek chiro, meaning hand, and praktikos, which uh, means uh, practical or the, the practice of or to do. So chiropractic means doing with your hands. This medical philosophy was founded by Daniel David or D.D. Palmer, who was uh, born in 1845 in what is now the province of Ontario, but was then the province of Canada. I was so mad when I found out he was Canadian. Yeah, we bear some responsibility for this. Yeah. It's like Bieber. He moved to the United States in 1865 and spent some time as a grocer, a school teacher, a beekeeper. He had an interest in spiritualism, which was a common interest in his day. It was kind of a fad around the turn of the 20th century. His ultimate goal in founding chiropractic was to blend medicine and metaphysics. By 1886, D.D. Palmer had begun practicing magnetic healing in Davenport, Iowa. And magnetic healing, it is unclear in the literature if it referred to what we might now call magnetic healing, which is using magnets to cure stuff. A lot of magnetic healers did that, but some magnetic healers were hypnotists. Mm. So in 1895... Palmer had an encounter with the janitor of his building, the building in which he had his magnetic healing practice, one Harvey Lillard, who was hard of hearing, although sometimes he's reported to have been fully deaf. I think that that is simply a, a way of exaggerating. exaggerating Palmer's claims. Palmer and his family members seem to have several different versions of the story. They've told different versions at different times, and the account from Lillard's daughter seems to contradict Palmer in some places. So I'll uh, tell a few different versions here. But basically the story goes, Palmer was examining Harvey Lillard uh, and discovered a lump in his back. Palmer theorized that this lump was related to his loss of hearing and gave him a spinal adjustment and upon this adjustment, Lillard's hearing was restored. So let me get this straight. Having a background as a grocer and a beekeeper qualifies you to... Grab people's spines and smoosh them around. And then somehow think, oh, the spine and the ear. Yeah, those two go together. It's no crumpled up garbage can, but it seems to do the trick. Trash can must have unkinked your back. Not trash can, son. Dr. Homer's miracle spino cylinder. Patent pending. So another version of that story is that uh, Lillard told Palmer that several years ago, Lillard had been working and had heard a pop in his back, and since then his hearing had been bad. And after that story, Palmer said, oh, the pop in your back hurt your hearing, I'll give you an adjustment, and hearing is fixed. And the third version, which is the version that was told by Lillard's daughter, was that Lillard and some friends were telling jokes outside of Palmer's office door, and Palmer came out to join them. And upon hearing the punchline of a particularly funny joke, joke, Palmer slapped Lillard on the back with a book in his hand, and uh, a few days later, Lillard came up to him and said, you know, my hearing feels like it might be a little bit better since you hit me with that book. 
And thus chiropractic. (laughs) Let me hit you on the head and see what happens. So even if we take Palmer at his word, the first chiropractic cure is very implausible. There's no plausible mechanism connecting a misalignment of the spine or like a physical deformity in his back. Like the the idea that he had such a bad vertebral subluxation that there was a visible lump sticking out of his back and that Palmer like just smushed that in with his hand and everything was better. Ooh, that does not sound plausible. Or pleasant. Or pleasant. But even if we take it at face value, this is at best a case of correlation, probably false correlation. Yeah. Uh, Whatever the true version of that story is, this event was certainly probably the most influential event in the history of chiropractic. It led to Palmer's supposition that a misaligned spinal vertebra impinges on the flow of nervous energy, and this altered flow is the root cause of all disease. That is a red flag for pseudoscience folks whenever they claim that they have a single cause for all disease. Mm -hmm. I'll quote from Palmer's The Science, Art, and Philosophy of Chiropractic. A subluxated vertebra is the cause of 95% of all diseases. And here, reading that, I was like, oh, well, that's, you know, 95 isn't 100. That's, you know, that's... (laughs) Yeah, that's you give that's better than I imagined, than I expected. <laughs> but then he goes on. The other five percent is caused by displaced joints other than those of the vertebral column. No. <laughs> <laughs> so soon after the Lillard incident, Palmer decided to expand his magnetic healing practice to include physical manipulations. Of course, he did. Many in Palmer's time noted the similarities between chiropractic and osteopathy, which is another pseudoscience dating from that time that involves joint manipulation. At various times, Palmer denied the connection, but in papers dating from 1899, he wrote, and I quote, Some years ago, I took an expensive course in electropathy, cranial diagnosis, hydrotherapy, facial diagnosis. Facial diagnosis. So, okay. What? Ashlyn, I hereby diagnose you with the condition of having a face. <laughs> Damn it, I thought I could yes. get away without that. Allow me to cure you. Oh no. God, that sounds awful. <laughs> so Palmer goes on. Later I took osteopathy, which gave me such a measure of confidence as to almost feel it unnecessary to seek other sciences for the mastery of curable disease. <laughs> I okay. took a course! Oh, this is how just about any pseudoscientific alt-med training yeah. happens. People I just think it's really funny. Who are massage therapists who will take, I'll take a course in craniosacral. It's a two-week course, and now I can teach other people to do it. I'll, I'll take a course in Ayurvedic medicine. It's a five-week course, and now I'm an Ayurvedic master. Palmer concludes, Having been assured that the underlying philosophy of chiropractic is the same as that of osteopathy, chiropractic is osteopathy gone to seed. So, uh, for context for our listeners, what is osteopathy? Well, at its core, it's a medical philosophy that's very similar to chiropractic. Chiropractors call their spinal lesions subluxations, and these subluxations interfere with nervous system function, while osteopaths refer to them as somatic dysfunction, which affect the circulatory system rather than the nervous system. But in both cases, you use manual spinal manipulation to fix the underlying condition, which cures the individual. Osteopathy is an interesting case because its practitioners have split, and it has actually undergone some reforms that chiropractic hasn't really gone through. We need to distinguish here between osteopathy, which is practiced by osteopaths, and osteopathic medicine, 
which is practiced by osteopathic physicians who have a Doctor of Osteopathy degree. Now, osteopathy, that's the one practiced by osteopaths, is an alternative medicine that, like chiropractic, aims to cure disease through spinal and joint manipulation. Osteopathic medicine is actually a conventional medical practice. They have a full medical degree, but there's an additional focus on physical manipulation for treatment of some diseases. Now, I would argue that doctors of osteopathy are holding on to some antiquated notions that aren't robustly supported by the evidence, but by and large, they are their medical practitioners in the full sense. And that's true of a lot of medical doctors. Absolutely. So there's a similar distinction between nutritionist and dietitian as there is between osteopath and doctor of osteopathy. While a nutritionist and a dietitian work in the same field and their practice is superficially similar, both an osteopathic physician and a dietitian receive a full science-based education and are generally well-regulated professions, whereas an osteopath and a nutritionist do not and are not. <laughs> Unlike osteopathy, however, chiropractic has no such regulatory distinction. While chiropractors are, as Ashlyn mentioned, at least in Canada, allowed to refer to themselves as doctors of chiropractic, they are not physicians and have paltry medical training. If you find this all very confusing, that's totally understandable, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the religion of chiropractic. Oh, yeah. Dee Dee Palmer set up a chiropractic school, and by 1902, he had graduated 15 chiropractors. Palmer's descriptions of chiropractic were often couched in religious language. For instance, in 1911, he wrote to fellow chiropractor P.W. Johnson, quote, We must have a religious head, one who is the founder, as did Christ, Muhammad, Joe Smith, Mrs. Eddy, Martin Luther, and other who have founded religions. I am the fountainhead. I am the founder of chiropractic in its science, in its art, in its philosophy, and in its religious phase. So it's possible that this framing of chiropractic as a religion was an attempt to avoid legal entanglements. Mm, Palmer had actually okay. been jailed in 1906 for practicing medicine without a license, which is something that had only recently become illegal in Iowa. Hey, this sounds a lot like somebody that I know about. <laughs> but whatever his reasoning, Palmer repeatedly referred to chiropractic as a, quote, moral obligation and religious duty. He claimed that he had received chiropractic from, quote, the other world. He he wrote Golden that plates? well he wrote that its principles were a gift from one Dr. Jim Atkinson whom he described as quote an intelligent spiritual being end oh, quote God. <laughs> so after he was released from prison uh, <laughs> So, well, so what happened is he, he was brought up on charges of uh, practicing without a license, and he was given the option of going to jail or paying a fine. And he said, I'll go to jail. And after 17 days, he said, I'll pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> so after being released from prison, Dee Dee Palmer sold his school to his son, BJ, and he moved to the West Coast to set up a series of chiropractic clinics there. So here we have a split in chiropractic, with the father focusing on chiropractic as a medical philosophy and a spiritual calling, but his son seeing it as, well, an opportunity to make money. BJ wrote that the chiropractic school was founded on, quote, a business, not a professional basis. We manufacture chiropractors. We teach them the idea, and then we show them how to sell it. Which is, uh, to editorialize for a moment, very typical of the practice of alternative medicine, generally speaking. It is also, to editorialize a little bit more, 
not exactly unknown in the pharmaceutical industry either. So this philosophical disagreement between father and son was the source of what seemed perpetual conflict in the early history of chiropractic. That is, at least until BJ ran his father over with his car and killed him. Now, that's the story skeptics like to tell, and it's the story that is recorded in Trick or Treatment by Simon Singh and Ed Edzard Ernst. As usual, the truth is a little muddy. The story goes that while D.D. Palmer was marching in a homecoming parade at his school of chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa, I, I guess that should be his son's school of chiropractic now in Davenport, Iowa, in August of 1913, B.J. Palmer ran over his father. Whether the incident was an accident or a case of attempted patricide is unknown. Some historians of chiropractic even claim that D.D. was not struck by the car at all, citing an eyewitness who claimed that D.D. only stumbled. The elder Palmer did die, but it wasn't until two months later in Los Angeles, and his official cause of death is listed as typhoid fever. While there was wide speculation then and since that doctors were pressured to change the cause of death listed on his death certificate, with Singh and Ernst writing, quote, it seems more likely that his death was a direct result of injuries caused by his son. I couldn't actually find any evidence that this was true. Patricide makes a compelling story, but BJ was exonerated by the courts of any responsibility for his father's death. So before we move on, let's just spend a moment to discuss the practice of chiropractic in its various forms throughout the years. So we're talking straights, mixers, and reforms. As the practice of chiropractic evolved over the next century, chiropractors sorted themselves into three rough camps. Straights, mixers, and reforms. A straight can't dance and has no fashion sense. Uh, <laughs> sorry. A straight sees chiropractic as a plausible treatment for a wide range of disease and typically advocates against any medical intervention that is not chiropractic, whether it's science-based medicine or even another form of pseudoscience. D.D. and B.J. Palmer were both straights and avoided using any medical devices at all, maintaining that chiropractors should work only with their hands. A mixer, that's a term that was coined by BJ to describe chiropractors who used medical instruments such as x-rays or forms of therapy other than manual manipulation, so they might prescribe herbs or they might do whatever. BJ actually later changed his mind and endorsed x-rays for diagnostic use by chiropractors, and this resulted in many conservative faculty members and students leaving the Palmer School in disgust. There's a really interesting history of legal battles between straights and mixers in early chiropractic, including arguments over patents for methods of finding subluxations, but I'll spare you the details. We'll link in the show notes to the Wikipedia article on the history of chiropractic, which is, it's a long read. <laughs> Fascinating. And the reform branch of chiropractic, well, that really sounds like a religion, eh? The reform branch is an offshoot of the mixers who eschew alternative medicine entirely and endorse what they see as an evidence-based approach to spinal manipulation. So the National Association for Chiropractic Medicine was founded in 1984 in an attempt to bring about reforms in chiropractic analogous to those that transformed osteopathy into what we today call osteopathic medicine. The organization was actually met with strong resistance from chiropractors themselves due to the reformers' rejection of Palmer's philosophy, which included the idea that subluxations are the cause of all disease. So that was rejected by the reformed chiropractors, and the National Association for Chiropractic Medicine is now defunct, and chiropractic remains a rank pseudoscience to this day. So as usual, straights are the worst. <laughs> Sorry. So Laura, 
Is there any evidence for any of this stuff? That's a good question, Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a good way to answer a question that you don't have a direct answer to. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's always been a big question. Does chiropractic work? We've heard what it's supposed to do, but does it actually do anything? And as we've alluded to, chiropractic makes a lot of claims about a lot of stuff. So there's a lot to unpack when we're talking about what does it even mean? What, what are we talking about when we're asking, does chiropractic work? Does what part of it work? The part that has any amount of evidence for it would be the part of chiropractic that most people are familiar with. It's that cracking or the spinal manipulative therapy. And that's the part that a lot of people think of. That's where they're doing those manipulations. It could be cracking the back. It's usually quick motions uh, with a lot of pressure. Sometimes it's slower motions, though they call it mobilization, where they kind of gently rock joints back and forth and just try to ease things and get a bigger range of motion going. So anything like that is in this group. And that's the part that we've been able to study. So yeah, I've never been to a chiropractor, but the idea of someone using like quick thrusting motions on my back freaks me out. The neck is the worst. <laughs> I remember I used to go occasionally with my dad when he went and I watched him get a couple of treatments and it was just like someone taking your head and twisting it really fast and it freaked me out and I will never oh. ever go because it's been terrifying. I mean, there's many more reasons now why I won't go, yeah. but I was terrified from the start. It looks exactly like Steven Seagal assassinating somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I also really didn't like was you'd lie on your front and then Dr. Lambos would put both of his palms on my back and just kind of twist and push really mm -hmm. hard. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I made a rule a couple of years ago when I was learning how to do SCA combat that fighters were not allowed to touch my hips because one time somebody asked, you know, can I touch your hips to show you what the motion looks like? And I was like, sure. And he put his hands on my hips and jerked them because that's what you kind of do to get power in your in your sword shot. Oh, but he d you didn't use your own muscles to do it. Well, and I didn't realize he was going to go quickly. I thought he was going to like gently show me oh, what the no. motion looked like, but instead he was just like, oh, and I couldn't walk for two days. <laughs> oh, gosh. And do not want. Good for Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what a lot of people associate with, with chiropractic. And I do want to point out too that a lot of chiropractors also use, like Jem was saying, other types of techniques. Some of them will use ultrasound, electrical stimulation, like I said, range of motion exercises, strengths, heat, cold, those kinds of things. So the evidence. There have actually been a fair number of reviews of the evidence. There has been a lot of studies of varying quality and, and type over the last half century or so. And there have been a lot of reviews of that. And on the whole, the evidence tends to be low up to moderate. Study quality tends to be pretty low <laughs> for the most part. Some of the big problems that they have is a lot of the studies that are out there are qualitative in nature and not quantitative. Qualitative research has its place and is important. However, when you're trying to measure the efficacy of something that should be standardized across a profession, that's not helpful. Another big problem is that the way that the studies are written, it's low quality, they're not reproducible, or they don't talk about limitations or about adverse effects, and I'm going to talk about more of that in a minute. All of the hallmarks of bad science? Right. So it's just that when you read the reviews, you know, there was a, a recent Cochrane review in 2012, and the Cochrane generally is, is a robust review process, and they came to the conclusion that 
This type of therapy, the SMT, Spinal Manipulative Therapy, performed no better than inert treatments, sham SMT, so fake chiropractic, or real chiropractic in addition to some other intervention. I'm confused about fake chiropractic. Do they just like put their hands on your back and then hit a recording of a cracking sound? So what that would be is kind of like sham acupuncture where they would still do what feels like a treatment, but ostensibly with chiropractic, you're supposed to put your hands in particular places or put your hands in particular ways or do a motion in a certain way. So you're still going to touch and the use person. A certain and, amount of force. And, yeah, so you're still going to touch them and, and do some kind of treatment, but it's not the prescribed way. So like sham acupuncture is you still prick somebody with a needle, but you do it in not a pressure point or whatever it is. Well, in some cases, sham acupuncture, in some of the most sophisticated cases, they will use a shield casing over the needle so that you can't see whether it is inserted or not. Mm -hmm. And then some will insert, some will not. One of the things that these review articles talk about is how many studies there are, but how many of them have to be excluded because Mm. the methodology is so poor that they can't draw any conclusions from any of it. So by and large, the research quality is pretty low on these things. For the things that performed the best, when I'm talking about the best, I'm talking about moderate level quality evidence with some superiority to already established treatments for the same thing. So we're not talking like the barest. Yeah. Yeah. There's this term like minimal clinically important result but basically it's like the smallest amount that is considered clinically relevant now clinically relevant and actually relevant to somebody's life are two very different things sometimes they are the same thing but lots of times they're not so we're talking Mm. about small gains here small benefits yes there we go thank you so the area where this smt um, chiropractic seems to do the best is in acute lower back pain. That's where it's scored the best, typically in new acute low back pain as opposed to a re-injury or something like that. When they looked at more chronic conditions and especially in neck pain, at times there was some benefit to chiropractic in the acute phase, but when you looked long-term there was either no benefit or it was the same as as something else. My father swears it cured his sciatica. Yeah. That's one of the big problems that most of these systematic reviews have identified too, that even if there is a benefit, it's always short term. Mm -hmm. It doesn't last. It's always, always very short term and repeated treatments are necessary for that same benefit to occur. How convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what were we saying? That's the business model? Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Some other interesting research that was done in 2009, there was actually a randomized controlled trial that was done of chiropractic versus regular care. So that would be advice and offering of pain meds. And so they they randomly assigned 50 people to each group, and these people had brand new acute lower back injuries. So that's supposed to be where chiropractic does its yeah, best, if it, it does, right? Yeah, that's where it shines. The ideal situation. Yeah, so after the study, they looked at the results, and both groups fared approximately the same, which was unfortunately not well, because lower back pain is the worst. It yeah. sucks, and yeah. you're just stuck with it, because human spines are bad. Now, of course, some people, like... Was it your father you said? They swear by it, right? It cured this. I always feel so much better. We're always going to have that. There's the placebo effect. There's the buy-in effect. There's all sorts of things. 
One other interesting effect that one of the articles that I was reading mentioned is that some people really love that feeling of getting their back cracked or getting mm-hmm. their neck cracked. Like, that's a really satisfying feeling for them. And as you guys were talking about, doing it yourself is kind of hard. So going and getting that cracking feeling, it's like that itch you can't scratch, right? So some people love chiropractic for that satisfaction as well that you can't get from other things. It's really expensive, satisfying. It crap, is. Though. It is. But then if you also have pain, you might say, well, I'm so satisfied with both of these things that I'm going to keep going back and I'm going to say it's good for pain too, because on the whole, I feel a little bit better because I'm satisfied now. All right. So given the amount of research that's been done on the topic and these systematic reviews and all the troubles that they've had, the best evidence that we can find is not good evidence. (laughs) There isn't really an effectiveness here. Even the area where if you boil it all down from all the claims that chiropractic makes, if you boil it down and say, okay, well, acute lower back pain, that's where chiropractic makes the difference. It's still not great. There's not huge gains compared to physical therapy like physio or other types of therapy or pain meds or something like that. The only thing that helped my lower back pain at all was strengthening my lower back at the gym. Right. Yeah, exactly. And now it's back because... I haven't gone to the gym in a very long time. (laughs) My standing desk actually has helped quite a lot. I don't know if that's because the standing desk is good, though, or just because my posture is so incredibly bad (laughs) whenever I'm sitting down that (laughs) it's going to be better when I'm standing. Now, as for the other things that chiropractic claims. We've talked about subluxations a lot and how they're not really a thing. So if we're trying to talk about does chiropractic work in terms of curing subluxations, which cure other things, well, if you're trying to cure a thing that doesn't exist, then no, it doesn't work. That's all we need to know there. One important thing to note too is that the chiropractic community doesn't seem terribly interested in producing higher quality studies. Yeah. And that's a real challenge when other people or even the reformers within the community are trying to increase the standards. Nobody really seems to want to help them out with that and actually show what they can do and and what is what is working, what is safe, all that. There's your red flag. Yeah. And unless you're interested in sort of building on science from the ground up, you know, if you're not going to divest yourself of these pseudoscientific ideas of subluxations and uh, innate intelligence, the energy flow that comes through your spinal column that I didn't cover in my segment because there's there's a lot. Unless you're going to start with science from the ground up, you're not going to get very far. And it seems like chiropractic as a whole is fundamentally not interested in basing itself on evidence. I mean, they don't have to to market it. I mean, it's popular, so... No, it's very it's very much a testimonial-based process yeah. and, and healing method. Like, they do do studies from time to time, but to paraphrase something generally attributed to Samuel Clemens, but which probably originated with Andrew Lang, chiropractors use evidence the way a drunk uses a lamppost for support rather than <laughs> illumination. All right, so chiropractic maybe works a little bit in some small instances, but by and large, it doesn't do a whole lot compared to other things, or maybe it even does less in some instances. Is it safe? Is the next question. Like with a lot of different types of physical treatments, common side effects include discomfort, localized short-term pain, 
things like that after treatment. And that can happen into about 50% of recipients. However, there are some greater risks that can also be associated with chiropractic. The one that's been getting the most attention lately is the risk of stroke associated with chiropractic, particularly with manipulations of the neck and upper back, the cervical area of the spine. A 2001 study done in Canada actually found that younger patients, so these are people under the age of 45 with no history of stroke or real risk factors for stroke that presented with a type of stroke called a vertebrobacillar accident. So that's a, a stroke in particular veins or uh, arteries rather, were five times more likely to have had neck manipulations with the chiropractor in the week before their stroke than controls. Wow. Now on the whole, the number of people that are suffering these strokes is small. It's not an epidemic compared to a lot of other things that are happening. However, when we look at the correlation, again, correlation is not causation. However, when you boil it down, and you keep looking and you keep finding these patterns when you do well-controlled blinded research and stuff, it gets harder to deny that there is a link. Another review from the literature done between 2001-2007, I identified 707 cases of stroke related to cervical manipulation over that six or seven year period. So like barely any benefit. Right. <laughs> And that's right. the thing, and, right? And, and keep in mind, too, that neck pain actually, the resolution of neck pain was one of the areas where chiropractic fared the worst compared to other treatments available. So mm -hmm. it's an area that really, really isn't helpful, and it has a lot of risk to it. Yeah, if you want to take a risk-benefit approach, you need to take a look at the risks and at the benefits. And while the risks aren't you know, huge, the benefit isn't very big either. We also don't know exactly what the risks are because there's a huge amount of underreporting happening mm -hmm. here, both yeah. in the literature and when people present with medical emergencies because maybe the questions weren't asked or people didn't think about it or whatever it was, but there's a lot of underreporting. Some researchers have estimated that the underreporting is greater than 50%. So we wow. really don't know what the risk is. However, based on the evidence that we do have and these links that keep showing up. Cervical manipulation or manipulation to the neck has been made an independent risk factor for stroke for younger people because of the significantly elevated risk. Mm -hmm. Though it on the whole is small, it's so much larger than it should be when this happens. I think when I was looking into it, the scariest sounding risk besides death was probably arterial dissection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what so causes that's, that So stroke. that's what causes yeah. the stroke. So, and one of the reasons why it seems to be happening is because of where the manipulations are happening, that artery goes from vertical to horizontal. So it's already changing paths. And then the tilting and twisting motion further puts pressure on that artery there. Yeah. Now, these types of strokes can happen to other people. It could happen with a whiplash type injury. It could happen with turning your head too quickly. It does happen occasionally. It could happen <laughs> Steven Seagal snuck up behind you. So it has been known to happen with day-to-day -day types of activities. Mm -hmm. However, Never the correlation... Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you're okay, Ashlyn. I think you're fine. Listener, <laughs> she's keeping herself in a state of cat yeah. like ready. <laughs> Pause out and everything. <laughs> and this is something that Actually, a lot of the chiropractic associations really draw on this point. Whenever this link is brought up to them and saying, you know, there there seems to be a real risk here with this type of manipulation, their responses tend to go back to, these were patients that would have had a stroke anyway, or it could have easily as happened doing something as lying back in a hair salon chair or something mm. like that. So they tend to fall in the blame the victim camp when these types of things happen, as opposed to looking inward, which is concerning, especially because a lot of these responses are very public 
public and are easy to find. You can search several of them related to high-profile cases yeah. around the world. You can also find them on my blog if you go back to like 2010, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not clear and probably not common that chiropractors are telling their patients of this risk. Right now, they're not being told that they can't do these manipulations, but they should be telling the patients that there is this risk with this type of manipulation. And what one editorial paper pointed out as well is that even if people are going in for something, say a low back injury, depending on the type of chiropractor you have, they might say, oh, but the subluxation is up in your neck. So you might end up with a cervical manipulation, even if that's not where the pain is. So it's not even a guarantee to say, well, I just have mid back pain or my shoulders out. It's not my neck. Mm -hmm. You might still get that treatment anyway. Oh, when I was a kid, when I was going to our chiropractor, it was the same rigmarole every single time. Yeah, I, like was I went for years. That. It was like, you know, mobilize these lower appendages, then blind me on my side and do the like the twisty thing, then on the other side, twisty thing, then crack the back in a couple places, then neck manipulation, and then you're done. Sometimes he'd bring out like a robo massager too, a bunch of bumps on the back, it vibrated. And the last thing I want to talk about is just briefly chiropractic in kids. Uh, particularly babies. Uh, yes, did you know that chiropractors can treat children? And in uh, fact, the, in the history of chiropractic, they used to treat children all the time. And yeah, it wouldn't have people. anything to do with just building a greater patient base that now they treat all of the family members, not just the parents. Well, going through the birth canal is traumatic, don't you know? Oh, yes. According to some of the websites that I saw, 90% of babies suffer birth trauma. Did you know that? 90% are just traumatized. How did we survive before 1895? This is my big question as I'm reading this. <laughs> to be fair, like, the process of birth, I don't know, it seems pretty traumatic. <laughs> it certainly is from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I'm remembering the two times I've witnessed it. It was pretty traumatic for me and I wasn't the one lying on the bed. <laughs> Because it's all about the man's problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no kidding, Jim. You know, you could have phrased that like the two times I've witnessed my wife, she seemed to be in a lot of pain. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> no, no, his trauma was very important. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, now, how can we be so sure that 90% of babies have suffered birth trauma? Well, some of the evidence or some of the signs that babies had birth trauma and thus need chiropractic are the fact that they are colicky or fussy. Oh, really? That's not a normal baby trait. They're oh my God. They're not nursing well. Hmm. Another oh. thing that's pretty damn common. A reflux. Mm. Yeah, not at all common in infants. No, very common in infants. Sleeping difficulty. <laughs> seen an infant sleep my brother it's for like 45 minutes and they're super calm and then they flail at you and they stop breathing sometimes and they go <laughs> and they do all sorts of things i think i had my first full eight hour sleep since huxley was born last weekend <laughs> skeptical look <laughs> i know that you haven't i'm just saying <laughs> I'm certain you have had a longer sleep than that far sooner. In any case, the only thing on this list of evidence of birth trauma that could be plausible is delayed developmental milestones. That one, yeah, that could actually be a legitimate birth trauma. However, when they talk about some of the things, the physical indicators of birth trauma, they often talk about things like misaligned bones in the head. Baby's bones are not aligned in the head mm -hmm. on purpose. That's just something we don't even need to worry about. That's why there. they're squishy. 
Exactly. Well, and if developmental milestones being missed is the thing that you're looking for, manipulating a baby's spine an hour after they're born is not... <laughs> Precisely. So, you know, then they'll talk about some of the other reasons that they give for why babies need manipulation is because if you don't give them manipulation, then their spine won't curve in the right ways down the road. So That's again... That's where I f***ed up. <laughs> <laughs> so like, Ashlyn, you were saying, how did how people did we survive, survive before 1895? 90% of people had these problems. <laughs> right. Like, I was thinking, well, maybe a 5% of, of people were born, you know, that could be a problem that just yeah. wouldn't be fixed, but... Mm -hmm. Another claim is it strengthens the baby's nervous system. I don't even know what that means. They spend a lot of time on this article talking about why it's bad if the nerves don't develop properly. Just like when they talk about birth trauma can lead to hypoxia and that. Yeah, that's a real thing, but that's not happening to 90% of babies. So mm -hmm. it's not something we need to worry about there. And it's not something that chiropractic has any evidence citing that they can fix. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And to note too, chiropractic pediatric training is not exactly extensive. To be a pediatrician, an actual licensed trained pediatrician, you do, I think it's a five-year residency or something like that after your four-year medical degree. It's very in-depth because there's a lot to know about kids and babies. For chiropractic, it depends, but I saw something about a 200-hour course to get their master's in pediatric chiropractics. That's like four to five work weeks, right? And keep in mind that they've had like two years of of training. Mm -hmm. And I also found some evidence saying from a former chiropractor saying that in order to graduate, chiropractors needed to see a certain number of patients. And that number was recently raised to 35. <laughs> 35, oh 10 of which had to be like live patients. Some of those 35 could be like case studies or simulations, apparently. Oh, you when you said live patients, are they, are they adjusting cadavers? No, that's what I thought at first too. It took them a really long time in the sentence to get to explaining what live patients meant. Oh boy. It's like those hairstyling dummies' heads before they get to play with real people's hair. <laughs> Right. There's a plastic spine to crack. The chiropractors will talk a lot about how they don't use full pressure on children and they're very gentle and that. And I sure hope that they are because kids are little and, and breakable and bendy and all sorts of things like that. But bottom line, your baby does not need chiropractic. Your kids don't need chiropractic. The other thing too is that a lot of chiropractors that really talk about getting kids and infants in there, they also tend to be very anti-vaccination. Mm -hmm. So you're running into a double problem with that. Something that I discovered recently is that our local trampoline park is actually run by a chiropractor. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that must be good for business. <laughs> it's like a firefighter uh, setting up uh, a little fireworks stand <laughs> selling fireworks. <laughs> Certainly good for the orthopedic surgeons for all the ankle injuries that they're getting. Gosh. I like the trabampoline. I, I like the place too, don't get me wrong. Yeah, we, we took care <laughs> we of there, there yesterday. <laughs> so much fun. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. 
Now that we've heard the evidence or lack thereof, Lauren is going to tell us more about some of the other pseudosciences that seem to attach themselves to chiropractic. Observant folks who either enter a chiropractic office or check one out online may notice that practitioners either offer or promote other forms of alternative or natural medicines and treatments. A quick search online shows offices that offer chiropractic and homeopathy, chiropractic and Reiki, chiropractic and naturopathy, chiropractic and acupuncture. There's some paired with some legitimate forms of wellness like physiotherapy or credited massage therapy. See, physiotherapy just seems like chiropractors who aren't full of the subluxations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like physio doesn't do the cracking and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. They do the the mobilization. They do the strength training. They do the range of motion. They do the flexibility. They have like evidence-based practices. Yeah. For the most part. My understanding from the research that I've done is that everything legitimate that chiropractors do, essentially, is already covered by physiotherapy. Yeah. And there's a whole lot more that physiotherapists do that chiropractors don't. And there's a whole lot more, unfortunately, that chiropractors do the physiotherapists don't. Yeah. But that's the bad stuff. You also see a lot of offices that offer things like chiropractic and dentistry. That seems to be a really... Yes! What? Yes, there's one of those mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. I drive there's, by all the time. There's three of them in Winnipeg. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So really? it's usually it's like like couples. I think one is one... Well, the one that I know of that's like, it's a couple. Some are like parent and child. But anyway, in addition to other practices offered, once you drill down, you find the base of chiropractic services is rooted in harmful pseudoscientific beliefs like anti-vaccination. Why are so many chiropractors proponents of the anti-vax movement? Well, it's been baked into the formula since the beginning. Jem has already mentioned D.D. Palmer and his allegedly patricidal son. (laughs) But their anti-vaccination rhetoric was a main part of their burgeoning empire. After all, there's no need for vaccines when everything is caused by subluxations. So here's an actual Palmer quote about vaccination. It is the very height of absurdity to strive to protect any person from smallpox or any other malady by inoculating them with a filthy animal poison. Oh, jeez. One of the articles that I read spoke about Palmer and just said how he had his attitude turned up to 11 all the time. (laughs) The picture on his Wikipedia article, he looks really intense. Yeah, oh, great beard. A 2003 profession-wide survey found most chiropractors still hold views that the cause and cure of disease, not just back pain, consistent with those of the Palmers. Yeah, my chiropractor, again, had on his wall, like, a quote from a Greek philosopher that says, you know, look to the spine for the cause of disease. Yeah. It is not just their personal beliefs. Chiropractic associations have, in addition to spreading anti-vax rhetoric to clients, been politically vocal about this persistent and harmful practice. In 2015, the Oregon Chiropractic Association invited our old friend Andrew Wakefield to testify against Senate Bill 442, a bill that would, quote, eliminate non-medical exemptions from Oregon's school immunization law. The California Chiropractic Association lobbied against a 2015 bill ending belief exemptions for vaccines. They also opposed a 2012 bill related to vaccine exemptions. Also in 2015, Wakefield received two standing ovations from the students at Life Chiropractic College West when he told them to oppose Senate Bill SB 277, a bill which proposes limits on non-medical vaccine exemptions. Wakefield had previously been a featured speaker at a 2014 California Jam gathering of chiropractors, as well as a 2015 California Jam seminar, while continuing education credits sponsored by Life Chiropractic College West. While the anti-vax movement among chiropractic practitioners may be an example of some of the most horrible and damaging anti-scientific beliefs held, don't fret, there's more. While everything bad about the body can be cleared by removing subluxations, a good old-fashioned dosing of expensive water can't hurt either. (laughs) At least in the mind of some of the mixers. In a 2014 article in Chiropractic Economics, 
That's one of their official magazines, Chiropractic oh Economics. How to All make right. the most money. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Chiropractor Frank King extols the values of, yep, homeopathy to aid treatments of clients. A quote. When your patient treatment protocols reach a plateau with chiropractic and nutritional support, consider turning to the constitutional homeopathic remedies, miasms, and detoxification formulas. Toxins inhibit the body's ability to heal by interfering with the normal nerve pathways. When you've soaked them for all the money you can, sell them something else. <laughs> blargle, gargle, well hargle, blargle, gargle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is uh, just about as scientific as what that fellow had to say. Well, it sounds more like Zoidberg, so he's an actual <laughs> doctor. <laughs> As Ashlyn mentioned earlier, and I think Jem did too, we're just excited that there's stuff about Manitoba that was in the news. But here in Manitoba, CBC News recently ran an expose of some claims found on websites and Facebook pages for chiropractic practices. Here's CBC's list of just a few they found. And Ashlyn said these earlier, but I can't remember which ones, so I'm going to do them all. <laughs> some pages offered treatments for autism, Tourette's syndrome, Alzheimer's disease, colic, infections, and cancer. Anti-vaccination literature recently published letters to the editor from chiropractors that discourage vaccination, as I mentioned before. An article claiming vaccines have caused a 200 to 600% increase in autism rates. Uh, False. A statement that claims the education and training of a chiropractor is virtually identical to that of a medical doctor. Oh, no. I'm going to talk about that. Don't you worry. Laura wasn't here when I said that the first time. Yeah. <laughs> There was also some discouraging people from getting diagnostic tests, such as CT scans, colonoscopies, and mammograms. But but chiropractors love to take x-rays all over your body for themselves. Mm-hmm. And there was also an informational video discouraging the use of sunscreen. I think Ashlyn did mention that one. Yeah, that one's just so Wait, weird. Wait, what? Why? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Because sun, skin cancer oh, is caused by oh, subluxation. No, well, probably my guess is it's on the whole detox thing because some people mm-hmm. think that sunscreen is toxic, um, yada yada. Yeah, some, some think it's How got mercury. How can the sun that's natural be bad for you? <gasps> so of the 275 licensed chiropractors in Manitoba. That's it? I feel like there's more. I feel like there's one on every corner. Yeah. Well, like there's Manitoba yeah. and they're all in Winnipeg. We only have well, branding. There's also like three in Lorette, so... Yeah, no, but like, I still feel like they're everywhere. Yeah. They may not be licensed. <laughs> oh, God. These are the licensed ah! ones. <laughs> so of the 275 licensed chiropractors in Manitoba and the approximately 215 offices out of which they work, CBC found similar claims touted online by 30 offices. And these are the claims that were touted to the public so I wonder how many are saying this to people they've already got the hook into. Or just don't have an online presence. Yeah. Let's touch into some of these claims a little bit more in depth, shall we? Chiropractic can't, despite claims, cure cancer or AIDS or, well, anything. The American Cancer Society says available scientific evidence does not support claims that chiropractic treatment cures cancer or any other life-threatening illness. It's such a magnanimous way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't do it. The Cancer <laughs> Society said so. Some chiropractors claim to cure autism through realigning the spine. First of all, no. And second of all, autism is not something that needs to be cured. It's a difference, not a disease. Well, I shouldn't have to say it, but vaccines don't cause autism. And Andrew Wakefield is human garbage. As we've covered on, I feel like, half of our shows. I feel like we can just start every show with that statement. Andrew Wakefield is garbage. You are listening to Life of the Universe and everything else. No, no, it would have to be Andrew Wakefield is garbage. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, chiropractors in Manitoba are authorized by the Chiropractic Act to use the title doctor, as we had mentioned before, but only if the individual displays or makes use of the word chiropractic or chiropractor immediately before or after the name. They can't just say doctor, blah, 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 chiropractor. They have to say chiropractic doctor. The training is not virtually identical to that of a medical doctor. As we have said, you can attend chiropractic college without a bachelor's degree in most really? places. Yeah, you can go straight out of high school. Makes I, sense, but yeah. yeah, that's terrible. I had an acquaintance in high school who moved from Ontario to New Jersey and became a chiropractor by the age of 25. Hmm. And like theoretically, it's a four-year school, so you could be a chiropractor by 22. Yeah. Some of them are two years, I think. Oh, okay. Meh. Depending on the, the college that you go to and where you are. Yeah, it takes between three and four years of training, according to the research that I did. Well, the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College's webpage certainly tries its best to make it look like a medical school. I looked through all of their course levels and everything. In addition to classes on physiology and x-rays, there's classes on how to best make money in the practice. Yeah. But remember, chiropractic practice is primarily for profit. In Canada, only Manitoba Health subsidized the practice. To the tune of $7.5 million in 2016. That's horrifying. I didn't realize that we were That's, subsidizing it yeah. like, with, with Manitoba Health. I didn't know that yeah. health was. I know like yeah. MPI covers it 100%. When I was seeing a chiropractor before I knew better, the first 10 treatments in a calendar year were $16 because Manitoba Health would cover the rest. What did it go up to? I don't know. We never did more than 10 a year. Okay. Uh, so that took you like the first two weeks. Then what did you do? <laughs> no, we went every month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, when I was a kid, it was at, like at our clinic it was like $70 a session and the session was like 10 minutes Oh, yeah. I know. yeah. So other provinces that aren't Manitoba, so like BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, subsidize chiropractic visits for certain populations, like those on public assistance or the elderly, because that's helpful. I mean, to be fair, though, a lot of, not to be fair, but many, many benefits insurance plans cover chiropractic mm -hmm. somewhere between 80 and 100%. Yeah. So I can understand why the other provinces would say, well, we're just going to cover the people who probably don't have benefits because everybody else does. I'm a licensed practitioner. <laughs> of nutrition. I'm not covered by a lot of benefits things, but chiropractic is. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's terrible. Because we talked about the reformer movement earlier, we may have some uh, folks listening to the show who are currently shouting, not all chiropractors! They don't all believe in pseudoscience! The one I see believes in vaccination and that chiropractic care is a part of a person's health care. Well, I'm pleased for you, fictitious listener who shouts back at podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're getting your back cracked, ask what doctor your chiropractor does recommend. Is it an actual MD? Or is it a naturopath? Is it a homeopath? Do they operate out of the same office? And do they charge per visit. What can you do? Put your money where your brains are. If a practice in a reputable form of care, like dentistry or massage therapy, is teamed up with a chiropractor, assume the other practitioner is alright with the beliefs in the chiropractic field and find another practitioner. Your company's medical plan covers chiropractic services? Talk about it with your coworker, your boss, HR, or benefits company. And also, you could have your chiropractic believing relatives and friends listen to this podcast. <laughs> One of the things that I found really disappointing about that CBC investigation uh, was when they talked to the Manitoba Chiropractic Association, the MCA was like, hey, this is absolutely shocking. We're shocked, shocked that uh, these anti-vaccine mm -hmm. messages are being distributed by our chiropractors. That is outside of the scope of their practice. We're going to look into it. Yeah, we're going to look into it. Well, and I sent you the link to that follow-up and said, this guy needs some help making his weasel words less weaselly. Yes. <laughs> it was just so so bad. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. What happens when you're an atheist living in the Canadian Bible Belt? If you're like me, you gather some friends and you take to the airwaves. 
So I invite you to come and join us every week to take a left to the valley and find out where you stand in this world. Follow us on iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, or SoundCloud, or leftofthevalley.com. Atheist, skeptic, and humanist radio, no God required. So now that we have gone through all of the evidence and associated quackery and history, I wanted to go back and revisit this dinner that I went to with Dave so that people can really appreciate how bananas this thing was. <laughs> so I saw this ad on Facebook and it had this video of the chiropractor talking about how he would change your life and he's willing to buy us dinner if only you'll listen to this life-changing information and really take charge of your life, yada yada. Same sort of like drill you would get from people selling multi-level marketing products. Timeshares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no yeah, it was very timeshare but I was like, that's fine. I'll go haggle him and enjoy food. Whatever. We- was it the Viscount Gort or the- Winnipeggers? Yeah. <laughs> normally gives us good food. Mm -hmm. And so I signed up on the website and also signed up Dave, because why not? (laughs) Company at these things. Free dinner. Yeah. And then they emailed me to tell me that my seat was saved and someone would call me to confirm. And I was like, fine, I guess they can call me whatever. Then the next day I got an email that said all the reservations had to be confirmed by phone. And if we showed up without calling, there would not be a seat for us. So that was kind of the first bait and switch, I guess. But fine. I was annoyed, but I called. I left a message and I got a final email saying they'd see us at dinner. So, like, by all this, you would think that this was, like, a popular thing that they had to... Yeah, yeah, it sounds like standing room only. Yeah, yeah. We showed up early and we got seats near the front and we got to choose whether we wanted a chicken meal or a vegetarian meal. And both Dave and I got the chicken meal. Coffee and water were provided and a woman signed us in and gave us a whole bunch of paperwork that was basically like, sign up everyone you know to also come and get this talk because don't you want them to change their lives also? Interesting. So it was very like hard sell. Yeah. yeah. And this was before we had gotten any information. You don't even know what you're signing up for. Yeah, yeah. What? What was the vegetarian meal? I don't know. I don't think anyone got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, because vegetarian meals are pretty dismal a lot of times, so I'm pretty yeah, excited. Yeah, so I looked around, and I was wondering, too, whether anybody had gotten it, but I, I only saw the same thing we got. It's usually either pasta or rice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what... The, maybe they just gave you, like, a literal block of tofu. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... Most vegetarian meals don't even bother giving yeah, you a protein. protein it's usually, true. like, some kind of vegetables, sometimes cooked, sometimes not, yeah, and then a starch. And you're very hungry after. Vegetable stir fry or just buns and water. Like I said, about 17 people showed up for the thing all total. The room was set up for 36, so it was pretty sad. And they obviously knew that this was going to happen because as we were coming in, they were like, oh, fill up the seats in the front first. Fill up the seats in the front. And Uh, Dave and I had gotten there fairly early, so we were not aware when we got there how bad it would be. Anyway, so the chiropractor eventually walked in about 10 minutes late and did like the very classical, he didn't introduce himself or anything. He just like strode confidently up to the front and started telling us his life story. You can see from places like WFG, the financial group, multi-level marketing thing, that he had a lot of public speaking experience. And he was quite charismatic and he knew how to talk to the room. He told us a story about how he fell off a trampoline when he was 10 and... (laughs) <laughs> fell onto his head. This was his story. Oh, good. And developed chronic migraines. The doctors gave him medicine after medicine and test after test, and they finally gave him a CT scan and told him there was nothing they could do, and he would continue getting migraines for the rest of his life. They basically, uh, the way he tells it, they wrote him off, and they said, there's nothing we can do for you. Right. Then a family friend told him about chiropractic, and he started going to chiropractic treatments and getting adjustment after adjustment, and in his own words, 
gradually, over time, the migraines went away. That had nothing wow. to do with him also growing up? No. no. Or maybe an injury healing gradually over time? 100% due to the chiropractic treatments. Yeah, nothing else happened during that time. Yeah. Nothing. So that totally changed his life and put him on his the course to where he is now. That story helped him launch into his three questions. One, what is your most important asset? Your health. That was very clear to him. Okay, my house. fair. Sure. My house is my important asset. <laughs> I am not mortgaged on my health. <laughs> uh, the second question was, who is responsible for your health? You are. The individual is responsible for your health. He said, doctors aren't responsible for your health. I'm not responsible for your health. Sure. Okay. And what is health? So you have some okay. education in the health area. Yeah. What is health, Laura? Well, my guess is that his answer is a lot more simple than an answer that I would give you. <laughs> health is a state where the body is functioning more or less correctly and is not causing adverse symptoms and the individual is living a more or less positive life. It's very much more equivocal than his. <laughs> so his definition is the 100% function of all body systems, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Yeah, wow. not happening. <laughs> That is what health is. So nobody ever qualifies for healthy. Yeah. No, it is. Health is unattainable yeah. by that standard, yeah. which is why you need chiropractic every week. <gasps> oh my God, I cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> so he launched into this thing about how all diseases have gotten worse lately. And this was the first time I interrupted him. <laughs> Well, and he had this whole speech at the beginning that he, like, needed us to participate, and he really wanted us to participate so we could get everything out of this. So I was like, okay, you don't know what you're asking for, but all right. <laughs> oh, my um, God. That's awesome. Yeah. So I said, uh, that's not true. <laughs> like, I just, I just said, that's not true. And I wanted to see what he would say, right? And he looked at me, and I was, like, right at the front. So he was just like, what do you mean? I was like, well, uh, so, like, mumps, pertussis, chicken pox. There's a lot fewer cases of those in the last, you know, 100 years. Yeah. Um, People aren't dying of smallpox anymore. Yeah. And then I, I specifically said polio yeah. is on the way to being eradicated. And he... <laughs> Even things like birth defects are down because we have better yeah. prenatal care. Yeah, people like, take folic acid. Yeah. And, like, like people are just born healthier Yeah, now. yeah, but... All diseases are worse lately. All diseases. All of them. Just like the murder um, rate. And, and after I mentioned that polio was on the way to be eradicated, he didn't reply to anything else I said, but he said, oh, polio cases are increasing because of vaccines. What? <laughs> Whoa. No, right? And I... I'm sorry, I, can you unpack that, please? And I was just blown away. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say to that because it was like the most... I couldn't imagine him answering with something that extreme. Yeah. You, you can't just stand up there and scream no. Yeah, so I, so I was very loud. I was like, well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. And, oh, he, awesome. and he kind of just dismissed me and kept talking. So I was like, okay, so I see where we're at now. What did the other people do <laughs> they didn't during react this at exchange? All. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't seem to react at all. Okay. Yeah, they just let us have our little tiffs whenever okay. it came up and they, they didn't seem to care. <laughs> Free dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My fridge was empty tonight. I just needed a place to eat. Just shut up and let him talk. Yeah. No, but they didn't bring out the food at the first. Oh, we had to listen to him talk, and then they fed us. Oh, of course yeah. they did. Yeah. We got coffee though, which I don't drink coffee, so I had water. That's fine. He he went on to emphasize that he's not against medicine or drugs. 
And, like, he had been very against medicine or drugs up to now. Especially his whole story about the doctors. They just kept giving me medicine. Yeah. How dare they? Doctors only treat <laughs> the symptoms. But he he said that if he was in a crisis, you know, and there was a drug that could save your life, you should take that drug. But he seemed to think that it was only, like, a, a very, like, a crisis situation. That was the only time you should take medicine. And, like, a small subset of people would ever qualify. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Right. He he gave some of the lines that I usually associate with homeopathy, like things like uh, drugs only treat the symptoms, not the underlying cause, stuff like that. He also mentioned that many chronic diseases have no symptoms and that things like stage three cancer, heart disease, etc. can all be asymptomatic until you drop dead. And he used a lot of sort of the same techniques that, again, you would see homeopathy practitioners use. Stuff like telling a story about some lady he knew that just dropped dead one day of a heart attack and she was running a marathon the night before, or not the night before, but you know, like running up she was a very stereotypically healthy person and she just dropped dead and yeah that happens but like he was going for this whole idea that you should take care of yourself now via his particular method rather than wait till you feel sick but it just sort of convinced me that preventative medicine is a good idea yeah (laughs) you know checkups and yeah talking to your doctor regularly being an active participant in your Mm. healthcare, trying to live well you know trying to eat as well as you can be active move your body exercise it um those kind of basic keeping a body healthy things yeah cake in moderation cake in moderation absolutely (laughs) he went on to say that the brain controls all function of the body and that if brain signals are pinched in the spine organs get sick there's so many things that aren't regulated by the brain that is difficult to even sort of comprehend this idea like dna replication protein synthesis stuff like that even just like the uh the processing that goes on in the liver and kidneys is not directed it's basically automated yeah yeah (laughs) like that happens even when there's zero brain function. Yeah, and nerves don't really have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, Those jobs aren't coming back. So so that was a weird claim that I I was I didn't really get to challenge him on that one because I guess it took me a little bit more to be like, but almost everything is automated. Let me unpack that. No. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of I guess the thing that I went to was he was specifically talking a lot about cancer and how the body will prevent cancer if chiropractic. But most cancers originate in problems with cell division. So signals being blocked from the brain should have really nothing to do with that. Yeah. Anyway, he gave several examples, like if the nerves go into the thyroid are pinched, energy levels will go down and weight will go up. He was really big into talking about how bad it was to gain any weight ever. I came up over and over again. All about weight loss. There's one that's just a few blocks down from here Mm -hmm. and every year, two or three times, you know, lose 20 pounds in 30 days. Ask me how, blah, blah, blah. They're all about weight loss. All about. I guess because it's just such a big thing in our society. that It's another way to make money, right? You can it, sell it to people. People's fears. But health at every size. Yeah. If the nerves to the pancreas are pinched, this creates an insulin imbalance and causes diabetes. What? Yeah. Oh, frick. Uh, and Come if, on. if nerves are pinched to the digestive system, food cannot be absorbed. What? Oh. Oh, this is so... <laughs> this is the big thing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with digestive health and that. But for all of the alternative practitioners, especially like the self-styled nutritionists, they're always talking about how digestion, ease digestion. It's like, okay... I'm pretty sure a lot of people are digesting just fine. And if they aren't, they just need to eat some more fiber. There's some people who have other issues and we can talk about that on a case by case basis. But you know what? Your intestines are actually pretty good at their job. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're fine. So at this point, he got out his big flexible bendy spine and told us about subluxations. And he was like, he's definitely a straight in every definition of the word. (laughs) (laughs) He said that subluxations mean that there is less life in the body and that corrective spinal care is like how braces correct teeth. He also said that the corrective treatment can fix it 100% of the time. Which is a mind-blowing statistic. Wow. So then the fact that you have to go back over and over again is that... I guess it's like, like continue ones just forever? Just popping up? I guess. I don't know. Is he it didn't... like like subluxation whack-a-mole or something like that? <laughs> he did not feel the need to explain this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he also happened to mention that he takes care of a lot of newborns and kids. So oh. again, that makes everyone very uncomfortable here. Yes. So his offer was that he would pay for our meals. He was happy to pay for our meals. But he wanted us to take this seriously and change our lives. So he wanted us to pay for a $40 office visit. Well, it would actually be two office visits because he would take our x-rays and get to know us a little and find out what we wanted to change in our lives and what our goals were. He was very big on like setting goals. Nobody sets a goal to end up in a nursing home. (laughs) And after this first visit, he would actually teach us how to find subluxations on the x-ray. So I was kind of tempted by this because I wanted to know what he would teach me to look for. I would pay $40 for that. I sent that to the Slack chat too, right? Our (laughs) our podcast has a Slack and I sent it like, should I pay for $40 to get this guy to teach me to find subluxations. (laughs) Well, I was waiting around because they were coming around to collect all your paperwork and take your payment afterwards if you were going to book this treatment. And I waited for a long time, but I think she was like waiting for me to leave because I had been so disruptive. (laughs) We don't want you. (laughs) She never came over to me, so I left. Okay, so he wanted us to come for this thing and he wanted us to book the appointment like right then. He didn't want anybody to be able to leave and think about it. Yeah, because if you think about it, you'll unpack all his suitcase case of bullshit. And be like, no. <laughs> yeah, or even just like give you a pause, right? And, yeah. and that's a very like hard sell technique as well. He even offered to write doctor's notes for anybody who needed to take time off work because all of these appointments were like in the next few days. He wanted you to do it now. Because rent was due. I found it really interesting that he admitted that what he was doing was super shady because he said the Manitoba Chiropractors Association does not allow practitioners to take prepayments for x-rays. So the $40 we were paying was not for the x-rays in the office visit. The $40 was technically for the meal and the talk. So he was just totally like telling us that he was skirting around his organization's guidelines. Also, he's telling you he can charge you again. For the office visit. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. What, like, I didn't actually go, so I don't yeah. know what if he would have tried to charge you again or yeah. what, or if that would have been free. So he wanted us to make the appointment with his assistant before we left because this offer would not be available again. But what about all of these other talks that he wanted us to sign up our loved ones for? <laughs> I assume they're getting the same deal. Well, my guess too is they you'd have to give your name and then they would know which talk you went to and be like, oh no, you needed to sign up that day. You uh, can't. Yeah, that would, That's why they wanted you to confirm and like all your info. Maybe, and that. yeah. yeah. And I, I left all of my information. Like I left my phone number and everything because I like at the talk, like I wrote everything down. I even circled like the appointment I would go to. And I assumed that they would call me back and like try and badger me into doing it even if I hadn't paid right then. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever contacted me again. So I don't know hmm. if I was just like on the list as a troublemaker or if they like if they would have contacted somebody else I don't know so by the way the free meal was the saddest thing I've ever seen <laughs> as soon as he finished talking as soon as he was like you need to make your appointment now blah 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 he just like strode out of the room there was no time for questions there was no Q&A session he didn't even like pause he just walked straight out the door and then they brought the food in <laughs> 
<laughs> so he was not interested in anybody being able to like have a discussion with him about any of this. And I he probably but he wants to get to know you at the office visit one on one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, exactly. I think he didn't want to be around when they brought out the saddest meal I've ever seen: <laughs> a single unseasoned grilled chicken breast and like three or four pieces of broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> That were steamed, and there wasn't even any like butter or salt, <laughs> and not even buns on the table. There was or anything? nothing. Wow, it wasn't even a complete meal. <laughs> so it was just the saddest thing. It was a pretty entertaining evening. Yeah, um, sounds and like apparently it. he doesn't mind if you come back over and over again. So if anybody wants to eat chicken breasts <laughs> and some cauliflower, you're really hard up. This guy does this like every month, apparently. Try the vegetarian. Yeah, and let us know. Tell us what it is. Tell us if it's equally sad or if we should go for that one. Yeah, he uh, he used all of these tactics like we would have to repeat back to him. What's the most important thing in your life? It's our health. It's weird. Yeah, it was very like culty. Well, and very motivational speaker, but it seems like not quite your target audience for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And but like a lot of people seemed very sold on it. Like one guy put up his hand and was like, "You're talking about my life, you know. Doctors have tried to give me all these medications for these things and nobody's ever fixed it." And there was like a few people who I could tell were super taken in by it. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's it's really unfortunate cuz depending on what's going on, it's like, okay, sometimes they're in a really bad situation or sometimes they just don't know or they've had like a really hard time getting to the people that they need to see Mm -hmm. and you know the system's not perfect and that sucks and if you feel like this is your only option Mm -hmm. yeah like i said he was very charismatic and it was was easy to see how people could be like holy this guy has all the answers he's telling me i can be 100% healthy it's a seductive message yeah sure it is but yeah this guy was definitely on like the far end of the chiropractic spectrum of effective versus all of the yeah (laughs) i don't know how to use an adjective here yeah Thank you for doing that for us. And yes. that's what gave you the idea for, for doing this the show, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. after that dinner, I was like, we got to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's really good to know because chiropractic has been one of the things that people who I know who are healthcare professionals totally buy into it. And, mm. and I think it's because people really don't know the background of it and the complete nonsense that is the basis for what is going on there. They think, oh, it's just helping my back. They're doing a manipulation. It's people like physio think that or they're something. they're the same as physio, yeah. 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 Or maybe, maybe not the same, but just like it's in that realm of things. It's an option, you know, that they just don't understand all the extra baggage that comes along with it. My mom has an issue where sometimes her hips will dislocate, kind of, and causes her a lot of back pain. Rotate, maybe? Rotate? Like the hips rotate. I don't know what's anyway. going on exactly. But she would go to a physiotherapist when this happened, and they would work on her and, and help her out. And the reason she ended up starting to go to chiropractors instead was because it was way quicker to get an appointment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, think about 10-minute appointments. Whereas physio, you're there for a good hour most of the time. Yeah, 10 minute appointments. You can go in any half the time. You can just walk in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of plans have a lot more coverage for chiropractor than for physio because of the price differences and stuff. Well, it's been lobbying too. It's not, it's one of those things that has just been grandfathered in. And the the chiropractic associations, unlike things like the College of Dietitians, of which I am a part, that it's really there to protect the public. Their associations are really there to promote their profession. Yeah. And, and you so can they see spend, that in those articles. You can see it in the articles. You can see it in the responses that they send to any kind of anything, really. It's very much to protect their own and to promote 
themselves as this. And so the fact that they're covered by a lot of things is not because they're effective. It's not because they've shown any great benefit. It's because they've pushed it and they had enough people saying, yeah, chiros are great Mm -hmm. because of whatever reason. One of the articles I was reading too was saying that in the US, chiropractic is covered as part of Medicaid for some people. And Medicaid and insurers hate that chiropractic is is covered because it's very expensive to Mm. them. They were saying something like on average per patient, the chiropractor takes like 11 x-rays or something like that because they do it for the upper spine. Like they do it for the different sections and then they do two or three views for every section of the spine. To find nothing. And they charge, yeah. And and this is a standard part of the visit, no matter what is happening. Oh, got to x-ray you for a lot of people. And they charge like $40 per x-ray to the insurance company. So that's massively expensive. Mm -hmm. You might be able to find your own subluxations on your x-ray. Yes. Somebody (laughs) please take this guy up on that offer and then teach us. Please. (laughs) A lot of it too, we were saying how people just don't understand the background of chiropractic. I feel like it's similar to the way that people conflate homeopathy and naturopathy where they think there's actually something in it yeah you know and both of those are crap but at least homeopathy does not actually have any active ingredient and people think oh it's just herbs and stuff and people think chiropractic is just manipulating your spine so you feel better they don't understand that it's basically magical thinking underneath all of it yeah like it is manipulating your spine but to do what yeah Yeah. it's dangerous magical thinking because it can actually harm you yes it can dissect your arteries (laughs) It just means terror. No. That's even worse. <laughs> good. I have a game to cleanse our palates. Excellent. <laughs> so we haven't done a game in a while, so I decided to put one together. It has nothing to do with chiropractic. Surprise. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to do an ology A to Z game. What does this ology study? Ah, interesting. Fun. <laughs> I will give you the name of the ology and four options. You tell me which one you think is the correct field of study for that ology. All right. Starting off with agrology, because I said A to Z, we really are going A to Z, is that the study of soil, the study of agriculture, the study of aggression, or it depends where you live what it means. Lauren. I really want to say soil, but now I'm wondering about D. I'm going to go with soil, A. Okay. Ooh, I kind of want to go with D too. Everybody wants the D. <laughs> <laughs> so soil, agriculture. Aggression. Aggression. Or it depends where you live. Mm, I'll go with D. Why not? Uh, Jim? I'm also going to go with A. Also, it's A to Z, Ashlyn. A to Z. <laughs> I'm a bad Canadian. (laughs) Okay, Laura has this one right, although I am also going to give it to both Lauren and Jim. So, yay! In Canada, agrology specifically means the study of agriculture. Canadians kind of took the word and decided that it meant they needed like a new word for provincial agriculture scientists, so they went with agrology. But in the entire rest of the world, it means the study of soil. (laughs) Okay. What is the study of the game Agricola? (laughs) Agricology. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next one is batology. And I am probably... (laughs) B-A-T-ology. Batology. I I don't know when I was batology. I don't know. So so we're going to have to wait till R for (laughs) rumpology. I am going to probably pronounce most of these wrong. You're just going to have to deal with it if you know what these words are. Okay, is batology the study of flying mammals... (laughs) The study of brambles, the study of baton twirling, or the study of bathing? Laura. Bathing. 
bathing. Bathing. Let's make it a trifecta of baths. It is not the study of bathing. Oh. It is the study of brambles. And I had specifically oh. found... My second guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the one that kind of doesn't fit, which... <laughs> but um, specifically, apparently, blackberries? I had seen it referenced as, as the study of batology or batology. I really wanted to go with, with brambles, and then then you said bathing. <laughs> so Huxley would be a batologist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Deltiology. Is it the study of river delta biology, the study of change, the study of gene deletion, or the study of postcards, Jim? The study of change. Also, did we skip C? There are not 26 of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> the study of change. Good catch, though. Wow. <laughs> OCD. <laughs> it's CDO, Laura. They have to be in order. <laughs> Which one? (laughs) Is deltiology the study of river delta biology, the study of change, the study of gene deletion, or the study of postcards? I'm also going to go change. Laura? Postcards, because why not? Laura has it. Uh, Specifically, the study and or collection of picture postcards. I wonder, where does that come from? No idea. We should ask James Lillix, because he does it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, skipping all the way to H, we have hypology. Sorry? Is hippology. Okay. The study of horses, the study of hippos, the study of the limbic system, or the study of seahorses. We're back to Lauren. I'm going to go with horses. Mm. I'm going to go with the limbic system. Horses from the Greek hippos. But how do you know it's not seahorses? I don't. <laughs> it, it is indeed horses. I knew I was, that one. I was proud of the limbic system one, though, because that's the, the hippocampus controls that. So. That's, well, no, that's where I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe they that i don't know <laughs> you don't spell in them so <laughs> you you can ask for clarification on spelling i'm fine to spell these for you molinology is it the study of hat making the study of pastry the study of windmills or the study of holidays laura windmills m-o-e-l m-o-l-i-n-o-l-o-g-y eh, pastry why not i don't know <laughs> and lauren this is probably wrong because i know it's mill but hats it is the study of windmills Mm. Mm -hmm. Ah. Yeah, I didn't want to put the whole thing, but it's basically the study of anything that grinds stuff by, like, wind power or horsepower or anything. It's a really quixotic level of study. (laughs) Nosology. Is it the study of disease classification, the study of vaccination, the study of scent, or the study of fingernail painting? Oh, boy. Uh, Spell it for me. N-O-S-O-L-O-G-Y. And what was the first option? Study of disease classification. Uh, I'll go with that one. Lauren. Fingernail painting. Laura. I'm going to go with the one that Jem chose. Disease classification. <laughs> it is that one. I thought yes. I might get you with vaccination because of no-sodes. Yeah, but, well, it is. You did get me because of no-sodes, but uh, it has the same root. Yeah. It was really hard to come up with, like, three extra things to put for every one of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well done. It was right. good. I knew the nail one was wrong, but I really wanted to pick it. <laughs> I saw you looking at your nails while you were writing this. <laughs> is the study of tocology or tocology, T-O-C-O, the study of vitamin E, the study of of Tokyo, the study of childbirth, or the study of fluid mechanics? Fluid mechanics. I'm going to go with vitamin E. Fluid mechanics. Although I should trust Laura on vitamin stuff. <laughs> Laura has led you astray. It is, in fact, the study of childbirth. Oh, but really? I, yeah. But Another I, thing that Laura is the only one with expertise in. <laughs> I totally Googled, like, T-O-C to see what other things came up, and that's why I found the vitamin E thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Childbirth. Apparent- that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then tocophobia is the the phobia the, the, of giving birth. Oh, you know what? I I just read an art or I read a headline <laughs> about that. Yeah. Well, you really can't change it. Once you set things in motion, it ain't going to stop. Well, oh, no, you can change it. <laughs> Oh no, but it's why people will like elect for C-sections cuz they they're so yeah. terrified of birth. Well, that's understandable. As somebody who will almost certainly never have to experience it, seems terrifying. It's not terrifying. It's just like really painful. <laughs> Which is terrifying for some people. No, but it's it's, no, it's not. not you know, it's not it's not the pain that that like scares me. It's the yeah. it's the like the stretching and things moving oh, around. Oh, you can't feel and... that. You can't feel no, that. No, it doesn't matter whether I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, it, you know it's happening. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, yeah, you can't it, even oh, think of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think of it in the moment. Well, in the moment, I'm just like, I can't stop screaming. <laughs> that is all I can think of. Oh, Jim can attest to that one. Yeah. I still have the ring in my ears. Shut up! <laughs> I right. need two we, children. We Enough. have two of these left. Come on, guys. We can do it. Is zoology 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 x y l o l o g y is that okay. the study of noble gases, the study of basket weaving, the study of game playing, or the study of wood? I have no idea who's a next. Laura, I think maybe. Sure, I'm gonna say wood. Wood. It would be xylology, I believe, and I will also say wood. It's the wood that makes it good. What are you going with, Lauren? Give me the wood. I will. I will. <laughs> You all have this one correct. And yes, you're probably right. It is xylology. From mm. xylophone. Or not from xylophone. No. This is from the same <laughs> root as xylophone. xylophone. Xylophone is a, is a wood instrument. Yes. Well, originally. Yeah, well, yeah. All right. Our last one is zymology. Z-Y-M. Is it the study of wind instruments? The study of fermentation? The study of citrus? Or the study of mood disorders? Oh, it's me first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Let's say mood disorders. Lauren? Invader Zim is not on the list? No. There was wind instruments. Wind instruments, fermentation, citrus, or mood disorders? Let's go wind instruments. Citrus. Oh, wow. That was a very good spread, and none of you got it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fermentation. <laughs> the study of fermentation. Huh. Yeah. So I found this enormous list of ologies that I just went through, and I was like, this one doesn't sound anything like what it belongs to. This one doesn't yeah. sound like <laughs> Traitor. But that was fun. Okay, I got to figure out. I got three right. Laura's the clear winner here. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Thanks for joining me, everybody. Jem has gone off to collect Kira, but us ladies are still holding down the fort. (laughs) Have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Good Good night. You've been listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show, send us an email at l-u-e-e-podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. If you want to show your support, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just share the show with a friend. Our music is produced by the very talented Ian James, and this episode was edited by Lauren Bailey. Life. Don't talk to me about life. And practic, meaning something I'm going to look up right now, because I forgot to actually look this up. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm never making a cake again.